gonna finish up the last, this is XA this week, and then we're gonna continue going. So before, before you um, get in there though, I want you to put your books so you cannot see the covers, don't open them. Yeah, yeah, don't don't look at the covers. Yeah, don't look at those covers, okay? Don't, 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 don't do it. Like, what is he doing? And Ty's like looking for answers. All right, so, so pillar, the pillars of Kai Alpha, what are the three pillars? See, devoted community and responsibility. Devoted community. Yes. Yeah. I knew, I, I knew if you guys had it out, you were going to look. And if I told you to flip it, you guys might look. But I had to try something, right? So yeah, the three pillars. The three pillars that we talk about quite a bit. And we talk about them quite a bit because we think they're really important, right? Um, we think they're really important because like this is some of Jesus' like... This is some of his commandments, right? So... You guys... You guys good? Okay, good, good. Teacher Mike. Teacher Mike. <laughs> I'm like so distracted. Um, by people continually talking, that's all. Um, so yeah, so we think these are so important because like these are Jesus' words. And like this is like his call to us of how, like the simple ways to live life, right? So you guys remember, where does the first two pillars come from? Like what verses of the Bible? You remember? Matthew. Matthew's, some of them, yeah. Uh-huh. Which which pillar does Matthew go with? Devoted. No. Responsibility. Responsibility, yes, yeah, oh. good. Yeah, yeah. I Matt. Know, I know the first one, I think. Okay. The one that's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. Yes. I don't know what the, which verse that is. Uh-huh, is Mark. That, okay. Mark 12. So, yeah, let's, let's go to Mark 12 real quick, hey. Mark 12, starting in verses 29 to 31. Now, I do I like expect you guys like, you're gonna have to like memorize like where it is in the Bible. I hope, I hope like someday that like, we're gonna like grow and know it more, right? But honestly, it's taken me a bit. But like our hope is is like that through these pillars that you're gonna to learn not only to like how do I live the Christian life, right? Of like okay, so that you're gonna know right away. Okay. If, someone asks me, like, hey, what's the Christian life about? You're going to be like, hey, it's about being devoted, living community, and taking responsibility, right? And like, boom, like, you can tell. You can, like, disciple people in that, right? That's, like, our hope of why we have the pillars while we talk about them a bit, okay? And so that then, yes, yeah, just uh, like what you were saying, Riley, that, like, that you could, like, kind of know the verse, right? So um, let's, read, let's read that verses Mark 12, 29 to 31. Uh, who would like to read that? Wait, read what? I'll read it. Mark <laughs> I raised my hand first. He oh, did. He did raise okay. his hand first. Yeah, you, you got it? Yes. Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other... There is no other commandment greater than these. Thank you, Shane. Yes. So, um, so the first one to be devoted, and remember, like these pillars don't just start like these are the pillars, but the disciple, like we resolve to be devoted. Like living the Christian life, I just heard today in a podcast, like it is, it is tough. It 
is, is what they were saying. Because, like, we, we are going to, like, give it all we have, right? So we resolve, like, all that we are, like, goes into this, right? And so the first one, yeah, it comes from Mark 12 there. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. When you guys think of devotion, what does it mean to be devoted, to live a life of devotion? Anyone? Maybe like constantly committed to something? Yeah, constantly committed. That's good. Yeah. Like it. Anyone else? My first thought was like cornerstone, like strong foundation. Cornerstone, strong foundation. Okay, yeah. Uh, but Josh, what do you think? What are you thinking? About devotion? Yeah, like what does it mean to be <laughs> devoted? Yeah, to live a life of devotion. Consistent, reasonable, um, just making it part of your life. Consistent, reasonable, part, making it part of your life. Okay, that's good. But what about you, Ty? I think they, they covered it. <laughs> they, they covered it. Nailed it. Right, right on, right on, right. So uh, it kind of set. We kind of set it in down here. So, so those bullet points say that living a life that pursues Jesus as Lord, consistently pursuing Jesus as Lord. Right. Part of our devotion life, a life of devotion, is like having devotions. Right. Like spending time in God's word and in prayer and like making this a consistent part of our lives, right? But like a life of devotion goes beyond that, like where Jesus would be the Lord of every part, right? And we place him in the center, kind of like we talked about uh, last Wednesday, where Jesus becomes the son and the center of our universe, right? Okay, so that next one says, know Jesus loves you and that you were created in God's image. So knowing who we are created to be on our identity is like of utmost importance. The more we know of who God is, the more we can know of ourselves, right? And then in turn, the more that like, it's easier to worship Jesus with all that we are. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in the, uh, this is XA, I'm on page four of mine. Page four, okay. So yeah, that first blank is to be devoted. And it says, develop a daily habit of reading God's word. Like, having daily habits of, like, pursuing Jesus is so important, right? Like, me and my wife, like, we wouldn't have a relationship if we, we weren't pursuing each other in some way daily. And that's, like, a part of any relationship. And sometimes, like, when we don't, like, live a life of devotion, Jesus doesn't become, like, a part of our daily routine, that daily relationship. But we, like, put him somewhere, and we pull him out of this box when, like, we're ready for him, right? In any given day. But a life of devotion is like full on with God daily, right? So live a lifestyle of worship. Live a lifestyle. What does it mean to have a lifestyle of worship? It means everything you do is worshiping God. Everything you do is worshiping God, yeah. Okay. So bumping like Caleb 24-7, right? <laughs> No, I'm kind of kidding, right? Like, <laughs> no, like, like we can worship Jesus without music, right? Like, we can worship Jesus like in everything we do. 
a lifestyle worship goes beyond music, right? Goes beyond like like being in a you know in a church like atmosphere, congregation of people singing songs together. Like that's like a good and an important part of like a lifestyle of worship, right? But a lifestyle of worship extends to our every part where we have an attitude of gratitude wherever we are at and wherever we go with Jesus, right? Um, constantly communicate with God in prayer, right? It's like, man, I love like deep times in prayer with God in the mornings and the evenings, but like prayer goes like in every place and every avenue of our life, right? And so today we're going to actually get in and talk about like how do we pray? How do we pray and how do we listen to God's voice? Um, so I'm excited about this today. Uh, and third is we walk, or the lastly in devotion, we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the second pillar, to live in community, to live in community, that comes from that Mark, Mark 12 verse, to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So living in community is like, is what we do as believers, as people following Jesus together, Right? Jesus says elsewhere that people will know that you are my followers by the way that you love one another, right? So daily, as Chi Alpha or as people pursuing Jesus, we're learning to love each other more. We're learning like the, the deep things of like honor and grace and love, right? The things that we, we talk about sometimes in our and our code, Chi Alpha code, right? Our family code, um, which we'll kind of talk about again. You guys all heard about a little bit of the family code that we have, right? Maybe you don't have it memorized, and that's okay. We talked about it at our camp out, and so it's around. We'll talk about it a little bit more at some point. You weren't there. I think we had two in here that weren't there. That's okay. All right, so community follows some incredible things, right? So uh, those bullet points down there says living life with others in deep, transparent friendship, right? That like brotherhood, sisterhood, right? That we talked about, we talked about this last week, right? Is that, uh, you know, brothers, brotherhood, sisters pushing each other on, that we'd spur each other on. Um, uh, love others as yourself, that second bullet point. And what's so interesting about how Jesus phrases that, he says that you are to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So the more that we learn to love ourselves, okay? And this isn't necessarily like self-love, like the world teaches it, right? Loving ourself comes from a deep place of knowing the foundation of who God is, his character. And then once we know who God is, he shows us more and more of how he loves us and our character, right? Isn't that powerful? So now we get to love others with God's love coming from us, right? But it comes first from like this devotion of like knowing Jesus, right? And then we are poured, our identity is built up. We know who we are through knowing God, right? Um, we share life with others in cell groups, fusion, church. So like sharing life together is community. And uh, man, sometimes I think as Americans, we can like, community becomes very like um, relegated to like certain hours or certain times, right? And I love like 
like you guys in this room because I love like seeing like you guys like you don't regulate community brotherhood and sisterhood to like an hour of church or like your bible study you know your cell group whatever it might be but like you truly are trying to live life together that's what we are trying to do that's like our hope is that we would not just like be together in those moments those moments are important right but to live life together throughout our weeks throughout our days and our months right and like there's seasons where it's like harder and like man we're like lucky to like be committed to, you know, the hour in the morning, the hour in the evening, whatever it is, right? And, like, that's okay, but, like, we want to live life with and for others, right? So, um, fourthly, walk in humility, honor, and forgiveness. Um, I think some just powerful things that, like, we can do as a community. Uh, so... So let's open up our Bibles to Matthew 28. So that someone want to read verses 18 to 20. I'll move my good. She'll help you. Thanks, Cedar. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. That is correct. Uh, would someone like to read that for us? Um, Ty, can you read that? Would you mind? Let me find it. Matthew, Matthew 28, 18-20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy and the Son, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks, ma'am. So what does it mean to take responsibility? What do you guys say? Over my dead body. Over my dead body, will you live a stupid, selfish life, right? It's good. Other thoughts? I think as you guys have like walked into Kyle, if you've experienced community, who here feels like they've experienced like the second pillar of community? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. That's like what we hope probably like everyone experiences, right? Do you feel like that you're like growing in a life of devotion or like experiencing a life of devotion? Yeah? And yeah, what we hope is that like as you're growing in community with us, that you're growing in and learning a life that's devoted to Jesus, okay? And so I think responsibility is this like next step, this third pillar, right? That like helps us grow. We believe that if you want to like really grow in your faith, that responsibility is the miracle grow. So responsibility is a miracle grow. So responsibility comes from this place in uh, Matthew 20. It says you are to go and make disciples of all nations, right? So we're going to go and we're going to make disciples. Um, Jayla, do you want to read that first bullet point? So, under, under responsibility. 
The, the bullets under the number three. Do you guys have those that I was reading earlier? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, so the, right below the paragraph. I'm sorry. So taking responsibility means. Oh, okay. So leave an impact on others' lives. And then you want me to read all of them? Yeah, yeah, why don't you read them all? Live generously, give faithfully, yeah. It's good, yeah. So, like, take responsibility. It's like, how are we going to go and, like, love the world around us? How are we going to go and, like, fulfill this call of making disciples, right? We have a saying, right, in Kyle, that, like, every student gives, goes, prays, and welcomes. And that's how we take responsibility of the world around us, right? And we we talk about that more in the forms of, like, missions right like we're all going to give we're going to pray for missions we're going to welcome international students and we're going to go right but we can do this in all places and parts of our life is that we take responsibility right and then lastly so the fourth pillar that we don't always talk about um because we think that like wherever you go the fourth pillar is going to come up and the fourth pillar is to lead okay so the last pillar is the lead. And all that is, is like wherever you go, wherever you're like living in community with others, wherever you're like living that life of devotion, right? Whether it be in a church or Chi Alpha or across seas and missions maybe, right? That someone in that body, that community is going to be like, hey, here's how we're asking you to lead, okay? And it's always this like next step, right? Of like, hey, that's very specific for that area and that calling, right? And so um, that's like really kind of what we're talking about. How are we leading here on campus? And how are we like gonna go and take Jesus to all parts of the world? Okay, so Bob, what are the pillars? No looks, no looks. Community. Community. Devoted. Devotion. Responsibility. Responsibility. That's good. I like the first three. I'm not worried about the fourth ever. What is the fourth one? To lead. To lead, to lead yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I resolve, we resolve, we're going to be purposefully going after these things. We're going to live a life of devotion, be in community, and take responsibility, okay? So this is, like, really important for who we are, who we want to be. And, like, as you guys are, like, growing your faith and discipling others, like, these are, like, pillars, <laughs> Of, of faith, right? This is how we walk out life with Jesus and with others, by following these, like, simple yet deep things, right? Um, I love how, like, like Jesus, like, the Bible is, like, simple, right? You guys ever thought, like, I think the Bible is simple, right? But also, it's, like, infinitely deep. Like, I can keep finding more about, like, Jesus. But I can, like, take him, I can take the Bible, Jesus, God, that is a word, and childlike faith. There's like this depth that like I can never like get enough. That's what I think I find about these pillars too. Why they're like so like I keep finding more about them is that like they're simple, but there's depth in them that keeps coming up and keeps bubbling up. So.
All right, you guys need a little break? A little water break, get some stuff, some uh, food and stuff, bathroom break. Just a quick couple minute break, okay? Ready, set, go. Break. Break. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna get in the chapter four there. Prayer and listening to God's voice. Prayer and listening to God. He's, does everyone here feel like they got prayer down? Like the greatest prayer warriors in the world? No. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I've met some incredible people of prayer. Um, does anyone like does anyone like hear God's voice on the daily or is or is everyone like, man, I'd love to li- learn to listen to God's voice more? I hear them all the time. That's awesome. And this one, this is understanding. Yes, the, yeah, sorry, the top heading of it is understanding God's plan. Oh, is it right here? Not hearing God's or is that at the beginning? So, yeah, that's the, that's the beginning of, of this chapter. The first heading is understanding God's plan. You can't do it. You're incapable. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's probably a little confusing. The, uh, the nail polish is going to your brain. It's <laughs> <laughs> sharpie. The sharpie polish. I'm sorry, my bad. Okay, uh, um, so before we get into prayer and like listening to God's voice, we have to un- first understand God's plan. Okay, so we're going to go back to like where we like saw God's plan in its fullness. So Genesis 1. You guys want to flip to Genesis 1? Where is that? Where is Genesis at? <laughs> is that if, you, if you hit the, uh, the introduction of the Bible and the chapters, you've gone too far to the left. <laughs> Look for the author. Wait, does that have an author? No. All right. Um, Who is the author of Genesis? Genesis is believed to be Moses. That's the traditional view of who wrote it? Moses. So Moses is credited for the first five books of the Bible. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a lot of writing, right? I mean, he's also a dude in the desert. So what else is he? Doing? Yeah, yeah, he's just in the desert for you know. I mean, he lived to 120. You could write a couple books in that amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, <laughs> hey, would someone like to read Genesis one? One twenty-six to twenty-eight. Someone that hasn't read maybe tonight. <clears throat> Shayla, Shayla's. All right, thanks, Shayla. Thanks for. Then God said, "Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals." God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Sweet. Thank you. So here we see our not only our identity, but our purpose that God has created for. Okay? So this starts off, right, with God saying, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. 
so that man and women may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, right? So what does it mean that we are made in God's image? So you can see in your notes here that the word image comes from this Hebrew word, teselem, okay? Which means illusion of or shadow of, okay? So God was recognized in Adam. Adam, the word Adam simply just means man in Hebrew, right? So it's like, he was like, hey man. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> so when you guys say that to each other, that's like biblical right there, right? <laughs> What's up, man? What do you call me, man? I'm just being biblical, bro. <laughs> What's, up? What's up, Adam? My name's not Adam. What up, Adam? What up, Adam? No. <laughs> so Adam... <laughs> So Adam or man, right? If Adam, if we, if man is made in the image of God, Adam was comparable or similar to God, so much so that he was illusionary. He was an illusion of God. Not a God, but similar in function, right? So Adam was a caretaker of the earth. He, he was able to, we are able to create spiritual beings, right? So like God gave purpose to mankind, right? He said to go and to lead the earth, right? Subdue it, right? He says to go and to be fruitful and increase in number. I think we've done that one pretty good, you guys. <laughs> things, are, things are going well on that front, I think. Okay? And, um... <laughs> Not all of us in here have increased, and that's fine. That's fine. There's a good time and place to increase. Overall, though, I think we're doing pretty good. So, so not a God, right? But similar to a God, right? That like when we can look at God, we look at man, we can like see like who God is made to be, right? So maybe you guys have read the journey. Is anyone reading the journey together with someone? A couple of us, I know several couple of us are. If not, like man, the journey is a book that we are writing as ISU Chi Alpha to help us grow in discipleship. Yeah, you've read yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yeah, we're yeah. reading it, yeah. I know, I know. I got at least four of you in here reading it, so. Because you're reading it with me. Okay, so, you guys have all seen a shadow, right? We've all seen a shadow, okay? So, like, yeah, you can imagine a shadow here, right? Because these lights are not very conducive to shadows, right? But, we, we all see what a shadow looks like. So, if you put your hand over the table, right, like, you can see the shadow. Now, what happens when your hand gets closer and closer to the table? You can see, when it gets closer but not hitting the table, you can see a more distinct shadow, right? Yeah. Now, when you look at that shadow, what do you say? Like, what is that shadow of? Of course. A shadow of you. <laughs> of? It's a turkey. It's a turkey. <laughs> We're not doing shadow puppets. <laughs> so I guess it could be. So what's the shadow of? A hand, yeah. So we are an illusion or a shadow of God, right? So God, though, is infinitely more intricate, right? Just like the hand is infinitely more intricate. But when you look at the shadow, you know that it's a hand, right? So here's the thing. You are the shadow God is the hand, right? 
on an infinite scale, okay? So that's who we were created to be. That like when people, when others see the shadow, they'd be like, that's who God is, right? That's not a God, but that's, that's who God is, a shadow of God. That's pretty cool, right? So we are the shadow. He is the hand. So we are made intellectually and morally in his likeness, in knowledge and rightness, righteousness, holiness, and truth. Um, all right, let's move on. So Psalm 8, 3 to 8. Would someone like to read Psalm 8, 3 to 8? Someone else want to read it? Psalm 8, 3 to 8. Chapter 3. Wait. Chapter 8, starting verses 3 to 8. There's a lot of 8s, it's true. Who has it read? Thank you, Riley. When I consider your your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man, mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Thank you. It's good. So verse, in verse 6 here is the word ruler. We are rulers over the birds in the sea, right? It's a Hebrew word, mashal. It means manager, steward, governor, the go-between on earth. See, God never gave ownership over the earth, but he delegated authority of the earth to us. So us as men and women, we are made to be managers, the go-betweens, right? The rulers, okay? And then Psalm 8.5 says that we are crowned with glory. And he, this, again, the Hebrew word for this is kabod, right? Which is glory, which is, and glory is something that is heavy or weighty, right? It has like weight to it, okay? So the Greek word doxa, of glory is a representation, something to be recognized for what it is. We carry the weight of governing or the weight of representing God. That's pretty powerful, right? So you guys are rulers. You guys are managers of what God has placed under us, okay? So Adam was God's representation on earth. He was to carry out God's will. He was given God's authority Therefore, Adam was the earth's governor, manager, watchman, or guardian. It's powerful, right? So what does all this mean? For better or for worse, the things that happen on the earth is dependent on Adam, man, and his offspring. You and I. We are rulers and managers, right? Doesn't mean that we are gods, but that means that like we people get to experience God through us, okay? So, C.S. Lewis says when we become Christians, it's like walking up behind enemy lines and we realize we are in a war where we never saw one going on. 
So prayer, right? We have purpose. We have power in prayer, okay? Like the things that we do on this earth and bind, whether it be prayer or in reality, right? They make a difference in eternity a lot also, okay? What you do matters. How you pray matters. So my question for you then is why do we pray? Why do we pray? What's the purpose of prayer? To talk to God. To talk to God? Okay. Anything else? It's absolutely right. To hear from To hear from God? Yeah. It's good. Other things? Like why why do you think we're called to pray? To communicate. Okay, to communicate. It's good. It's like more for us so that we can be close to God. It's for us so we can be close to God, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I think all those things are true, okay? I think there's a lot of reasons and purposes of prayer, okay? So why do we pray? I'm going to kind of sum it up like this. We pray because, first of all, God calls us to. That's, I don't know. It's kind of simple. But, like, God calls us to. So, like, as obedient children, as obedient, like, managers, like, we're going to do, like, what God, the author, says, right? We pray because it is how we live in real, true, powerful relationship with God. God hears our prayers. We pray because it has the power to change our world as we partner with God through it. You guys ever think about that? Like prayer like has power and we get to partner with God and what he's doing through it. It's like interesting that like when you see like Jesus pray for people or the disciples or people in the Bible pray for someone, right? Like you don't see that thing happen before prayer. You see it happen with prayer, with them partnering with God, right? So what does the saying mean? There is no life hack for prayer. Prayer is a life hack. Is that question in, the, in your book there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Prayer makes life easier. Mm-hmm. Prayer is designed to help us. There's no downside to prayer. Yeah. Yeah, I would add on to those. I think you guys are absolutely right. I think that prayer is simple, okay? But it's deep, okay? So, like, sometimes we're, like, looking, like, how can I pray easier? How can I pray better? Be more powerful, right? So, like, sometimes when we're, like, how do I pray? We're, like, okay, give me the one, two, three, four steps of prayer, okay? And I want to say that, like, there isn't, like, really those. I think there's things that can help us in prayer. But, like, with prayer, anyone can pray. It's simply talking with God. Prayer begins as a simple, beautiful, powerful way to be in relationship with God. There is no easy way to be good at prayer. It takes time and effort and just spending time with Jesus. Okay? Being powerful in prayer takes sacrifice, humility, and extravagant time with Jesus. So, to be good at prayer is simply spending time 
with God in prayer. So that's like that's like the hard thing I think about like in me and my culture. Like when I'm like thinking of like how do I grow in prayer? Like I want the like one, two, three steps, right? And like then God's gonna answer your prayer. And when it's like in all reality, it's us like daily drawing closer to God. Okay. Like we're daily like kind of stepping into His throne room to like get power to hear from Him. All right. To like just push through and see things happen as we pray, right? So some of these next kind of things kind of like help us as we like try to like imagine what prayer is, okay? So maturity in prayer. The following does not say that one prayer is better than the other, but is a description of deeper maturity in prayer. It's like the difference between friends asking how a class is going and your roommate sharing their deepest fears or dreams. No conversation is better, but the relationship dynamic connection is deeper in the latter, right? So you guys have been with people that like, you're like those Facebook friends, right? They're like, you kind of like acquaintances, you kind of know each other, you like occasionally might see like a picture of what's going on in their life, right? And that's like good friend, right? Still like, maybe there's some trust there, but it's not like a friend that you would like go to like in the hardest of times, right? Or in the best of times even sometimes, right? And so that's like what we're saying like with prayer. So like what are the basics of prayer? And like how do we grow deeper in prayer, okay? So the basic prayers is I have a need, I pray for it. I see a need, I pray for it. Has everyone like, anyone like prayed these prayers? Like, okay, God, I got this need. Like I need, you know, a couple bucks. God, will you like help me financially, right? Has anyone prayed those prayers? Yeah, has anyone prayed those prayers for others? Yeah, absolutely. So deeper prayers, what are deeper prayers, right? Deeper prayers are praying for friends and family to know God, his will, and his love. Praying for those who don't know him, like countries, communities, programs, universities, right? So like we're praying for the 1040 window. Like that's like some deeper prayers. Like, and we're like trying to hear God's voice of how do I pray for these places, these people maybe I've never met. So praying for leaders who walk with you, like just praying for your pastors, praying for your parents, right? Praying for those leaders that are above you, okay? So deep-er-er prayers. What are deep-er-er prayers? So prayers of obedience, right? Praying and asking God for his heart to obey. You guys like ask like for God's heart that you could obey him more? It's like deeper prayers. We're like going deeper in the heart of things, Okay. Praying the prayers in the Bible. Has anyone prayed a prayer from the Bible? That's really fun. So like, go into Psalms, find a psalm, and pray one of those prayers. Or pray one of Paul's prayers from one of the letters in the Bible, okay? Or pray, pray one of Jesus' prayers that he prayed. So praying the scriptures, your prayers are infused by God's word. And deep-er-er-er prayers? Deepest prayers? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um... Like some other deep ways of praying is that we'd be led by the Holy Spirit in prayer and asking him what to pray and how to pray. That's like deeper prayers. And then the other one is the steps of a spiritual saint, right? And so uh, I believe we have that somewhere back in here and we'll maybe talk about. So... Um, someone want to read that first Watchman Nee quote?
Tyler, you want to read that Washington E quote? Serious error concerning prayer prevails in our common understanding, which is to say that we often think of prayer as an outlet for expressing what we need, as our cry to God for help. We do not see that prayer is the asking of God to fulfill his needs. We ought to understand that God's original thought is certainly not the letting of believers achieve their own aims through prayer. Rather, it is God accomplishing his purpose through the prayer of believers. This is not meant to imply that Christians should never ask the Lord to supply their needs. It, is, it only is meant to indicate how we need first to understand the meaning and principles of prayer. Sweet. Um, someone read that second quote. The first question we ask people about prayer is, does God answer your prayer? However, we should not ask whether your need is met, but whether God's will is done. It is God's will. That should be our heart in prayer. So Jesus prayed that, right? Not my will, but your will be done. Okay? That's a hard thing. Sometimes we don't, like, first of all, sometimes, how do we get to know God's will? Okay? Things by spending time with God in prayer and also in his word. Like, we get to know God, his character, his heart, and know his will. And then... Um, and then we get to pray his will and sometimes it's hard to pray God's will because sometimes his will is not our will right Shane? yes Yes. alright so prayer so now how do we listen to God's voice so let's turn the page we're going to be hearing, hearing God's voice okay there's a lot of ways how we hear God's voice voice, okay? Time we got. Alright, we got some time. So God speaks to his children. There's, first thing we know about like hearing God's voice is God speaks today. God speaks today. Sometimes I think like, we're like, I've talked to a lot of people and like, man, I don't know, I don't like hear God's voice. Does, does anyone like have a hard time hearing God's voice? Yeah, got a couple. I find it hard to hear God's voice at times. Okay? Some people, like, they're just dialed in. It's incredible, okay? Like, Riley, like, every time I hear you, you're like, oh, yeah, you heard God speak to me today, right? And you're like, it's great. It's awesome, right? What does he sound like? Is it like Morgan Freeman? Like, <laughs> no. It's like, sound like your dad? No. <laughs> it's just in my head. Just in your head, yeah. Yeah, so we got to learn, but... So I love that because like Riley's like learned to like listen to God in his voice, right? And here's the cool thing is like God speaks to people, speaks to us like so we can personally hear him, okay? And so what it is is us learning like how God communicates to us, how God communicates to you individually, okay? So the first thing we need to know though is that God speaks to his children, okay? We, I like... I believe that we have to have faith that God speaks to his children, that God speaks to us, okay? So before the fall, right? So before like Genesis 3 there, right? It says that God walks and talks with Adam and Eve in the garden, okay? In the cool of the day that God was walking and talking with Adam and Eve, right? With man and woman. So, like, and you see this, like, intimate relationship with God, okay? So, how did God speak 
after the fall. You guys ever, like, how does God speak to people after the fall? Wouldn't he appear as, like, like angels and stuff? Yeah. Burning bush. Burning bushes, yeah. We see angels. That's good. Talking donkeys. Talking donkeys, yeah. Yeah, we read that story. It's a sweet story. Yeah, so, like, God would use, like, these, like, incredible ways to speak to people and through people, okay? So God spoke to and communicated through individuals. So those are your, huh? Prophets. Yeah. Yes, yes, some some are prophets. So those are the first like three blanks there. God spoke to and communicated through individuals, okay? So he says that God talked to Noah, right? You see in Genesis 6, 8 there that God talked to Noah, okay? You see that God spoke to Abraham, Genesis 12. You see he spoke to Moses. You see the burning bush. Right? So I, Isaiah. Um, so that would be a prophet. Like God speaks to a prophet, right? And that they would speak for God, right? So that's why, like, if you guys ever heard of, like, if, like, a prophet was ever found out to be, like, um, wrong in a prophecy, you guys know what would happen back in big vocal times? Death. Death, yeah. What's it guess? But you were right. She's, she's like hearing God's voice right now. He's like, duh. <laughs> so like, if like you were a prophet, it was like something so special and so important because like the Holy Spirit wasn't living and abiding in people yet, right? So it was really important that like people would hear God's voice and they would hear it right, right? So like if you like said like, hey, like, Thus God says, and you said something that like God did not say or found out to be wrong. The Bible says that you are to be stoned, okay? Because like you were misinterpreting and misrepresenting God, okay? But like God spoke to his people through these prophets. And you see some cool stories of God speaking through prophets and then like other prophets like saying, saying that they spoke to God or God spoke to them, right? So, the word became flesh then later and dwelt among us. John 1, 14. So, in the life of Jesus, Jesus began to speak to his people. So, he lived and walked and talked with us consistently. So, Jesus lived and walked and talked with us constantly. And you see that throughout the Gospels, right? Um... So that's like when we first, we begin to see like God speak not just to these like specific and like powerful individuals, but really to everyone that is believing on him, right? And listening to his voice. So what happened after Jesus died and rose again? The Holy Spirit. She's looking ahead. <laughs> yeah. So then the Holy Spirit came, right? And like, was like, now the Holy Spirit, God, lives inside of each and every believer, okay? So the God lives inside of you. God lives inside of you as a follower of Christ. You are the temple of God and his spirit lives in you. It talks about in 1 Corinthians, right? Um, this comes from like Ezekiel, talks about the promise from God of the Holy Spirit. Um, throughout the Bible, it talks about like God wanting to inhabit his people, right? God was never made, like he didn't ever want to just be like 
God in a box, right? The God of the Old Testament where we see him like in this tent. But he was he really was always planning on like going and like living and being with us intimately. That's pretty sweet. So like God did it so that now we can be his temple. So God lives inside of you. Now we can we get to hear God's voice by listening to the Holy Spirit inside of us. There's also like really good verses in there that I would encourage you to read. But uh, let's skip it. Let's read uh, Matthew 25. You guys want to turn to Matthew 25? We're going to read 31 to 46. Someone, who, who hasn't read? Has everyone read? Oh, Natalie hasn't. Natalie, would you like to read? Uh, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the fountain of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did to me. Then he will say to those on his left, so Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. No, gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer to them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Sweet. Thank you, Natalie. <clears throat> okay, so at the beginning there, in verse 33, it talks about the sheep and the goat. So like God's gonna like separate the sheep and the goats, right? So like you have to like understand like what was like a shepherd look like back in God's time, okay? Back God's time, back in like time of the Bible, right? Um, and so um, you guys have like all seen the the pictures, right? Of of like green fields, right? And like the shepherd out there and. And the sheep like feeding out there, right? And there's like this nice stream and stuff. You guys all seen those pictures? Okay, that is wrong. Okay, so back in like biblical times, so like if you like see like real pictures of Israel 
right? Like where, like what kind of like land is Israel in, right? What kind of land are they in? Desert. Very deserty, right? Like lack of water, right? So like the pictures that we see and have in our head is like usually like Ireland or some like really like lush and like rainy places, okay? But the places that they were like shepherding was, was out in the desert, okay? So what would happen is there would be like these hillsides, right? And they would have like like lines of like grass. And so what they would do is like like shepherds would like call to their sheep and like sheep would like literally like hear their shepherd's voice. So like you could get like a couple different like shepherds and their flocks mixed up in this area, right? And like shepherd uh, Bob would be like, all right, yo sheep, let's go, <laughs> right? And like his sheep would like hear Bob's voice in the midst of like all of the talking between the sheep, between the shepherds, right? between Shane bumping some music in the background, and they would hear his voice, right? And they would like follow the shepherd, okay? And like, so they would like disperse in that way because like they would hear their voice. So like when he says like they'll hear my voice, that's what they would do, right? And then the shepherds would like lead them on these like paths of like lush green, like outcroppings of, of grass, right? In places. So now what would happen was, was there'd be like these goats, right? And the goats did not listen to God's, to like the shepherd's voice, okay? And so like the, the goats would con constantly be like getting themselves in the trouble, right? So you like find them like on some like precarious places, right? Some places they're not supposed to be. And so what the shepherd would do is he would get a, um, uh, a stone, right? And he'd either throw it or he'd whip it around, right? And he would hit, hit at the, uh, the goats like right in front of them, right? To like turn them around. So we kind of like heard them that way, like by throwing rocks, so like when you like see like David, right? With uh, David and Goliath and he's got like the, what is it called? Sling. The sling, oh, thank so you. Sorry. Right, the sling, right? Well, like it was because like that's, that was one of the tools that a, uh, a shepherd used back in that day. And so the goats would not listen to God's, to the shepherd's voice, but the sheep would, okay? So like God's, we're, we're to hear God's voice. So let's turn to John 10. John 10, um, 22 to 30. See here, who hasn't read? Josh, did I hear you hadn't read yet? I read close. Okay, you read a close. Has everyone read? I didn't. Oh, Cedar, do you want to read that for us, please? Yeah. Awesome. Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe, that the works I, that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Thank you. Yeah, you can clap for him. It's fine. <laughs> um, so if you go back before, that talks about him being the good shepherd, right? The sheep hear my voice, they know my voice, right? So, like, as like, God's followers, we have the ability to hear God's voice. 
to know the shepherd when he calls. So it's us learning his voice and learning to obey and trust that, okay? So how there's like, we like communicate in several ways, right? We have, um, you know, like we all talk and like vocalize ourselves. But like when we, there's like a couple ways that we talk to ourselves, right? So we have this thing called internal dialogue. So how we communicate. We all have an internal dialogue. Face it, you talk to yourself, right? I do all the time. The voice. The voice. Sometimes internal dialogue is loud, sometimes soft, sometimes it gets hijacked or influenced by the enemy. But we can also invite the Holy Spirit into that internal dialogue. And we don't just talk to him, but we also, but he often talks back, right? So that's like one way. That's that we, how I hear. Is that how you hear? You hear? This internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's great. So there's external thoughts too, right? So internal dialogue, external thoughts. We all have inputs, right? Into our internal dialogue, right? It's influenced by your circumstances, by the music you listen to, the TV you watch, the movies you stream, the books you read or don't read, right? So like all those things, right, they have like pour into our, from our external thoughts, right? In our external dialogue, into, into our internal dialogue, okay? So like what we got to do is we got to learn like how, like what are we putting into ourselves and how and what are we listening to God's voice, okay? You guys are really distracting tonight, aren't you? It's all right. All right. So how does God speak? So when we talk about external, internal dialogue, this stuff's really important so we can learn to like hear God's voice. So God speaks in several ways, okay? He speaks through the Bible, right? So we can know God is speaking through us through the Bible, okay? Whenever we, someone says, like, I heard God speak, we always take it through the Bible. Does it, like, contradict God's word? If it does, like, that's not God's voice, okay? So Second uh, Timothy says to hide the word in your heart, right? In Psalm 119, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? So this is the Bible. We can also hear God's voice, secondly, through nature. You guys ever been, like, out in nature and like, man, like, God's speaking to me right now. You feel like you heard God's voice today out on the mountain? Yeah. I bet. It's, it's interesting, like, there's a lot of research showing that, like, people that, like, live in big cities, like, it's way harder for them to hear God's voice because they're not out in God's nature. Okay? Um... Three, we can, we, he speaks through words, wisdom, and the lives of other believers. So we can hear God through one another, right? Pretty cool. Um, through worship, right? It says he inhabits the praise of his people. It makes us take our eyes off ourselves and circumstance focuses on the Lord. God can speak to us fifth through our circumstances. And he can speak through prayer and fasting and seventh through the Holy Spirit, okay? So these are the ways that God speaks to us. And we can then, like, learn to hear his voice and go through the Bible. So that's, like, that's like the gist of how we can hear God's voice. So here, what I want you to do, okay? Everyone, everyone do this for me. Put down your pens and pencils. Close your eyes, okay? All right, close your eyes. I'm going to say some words. I'm going to say some things, and, I'm, and I want you to just, like, just, just hear them for now, okay? All right, you ready? Okay. 
walking. Orange and friend. All right, open your eyes. All right, when I said those words, what, how did you like internally process them? I was walking with my friend Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> walking with your friend Donald Trump. Great. That's what I pictured. Yeah. <laughs> the orange, I like it. Okay. So there's a picture of you walking with, with, with your friend Donald Trump. All right. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else? Walking with a sentient orange. With a sentient? Like, like a levitating orange. Oh, okay. I talk to. Okay, okay. What else? What else? She pictured emojis, okay? I just got two separate pictures. Like people walking in orange and like pictures of my friends. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else something different? Or is like did you all get pictures? Anyone get like like the a picture of the word orange? Okay? Did anyone see the color orange? You saw Agent Orange. Okay. <laughs> Did anyone see, so we got some people that saw like the fruit orange. And yep, then, I, the color the orange is definitely in mine. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I saw the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. The Philadelphia Three. Flyers mascot. Okay. So like, like I spoke like three different words, right? And we all like heard things and interpreted it in different ways, right? So here's the cool thing is like God knows your imagination, your thoughts, right? He knows how you interpret it and he can use the ways that you like internally process to speak to you, okay? And that's like us learning to hear God's voice is learning to process and understand how God speaks to us specifically, okay? Um... Pretty cool. So how do we begin in prayer and how do we begin in listening to God's voice? So I want to encourage you like this coming week, like how like to spend some time trying to listen to God's voice. I think some does, do a lot of you when you pray, do you guys just like talk the whole time? Yes. I'm like so bad at talking the whole time when I pray. Yes. To learn to listen to God's voice, we have to begin to quiet ourselves and to try to hear from God to try to hear from God. So how do we begin in, in praying, listening to God's voice? I would say, first of all, we gotta give ourselves enough time, okay? Like five minutes here and there is not necessarily enough time to learn, to listen, and cultivate God's voice in us, okay? Second, we have to like begin with humility. Humility comes first as we begin to pray. Prayer is never a show. And it says that we, we will not pray if we are not humble. Pride says, I can do this without God. Humility says, I can do nothing without you, without God, right? Also, when we pray, I would encourage you guys to bring a Bible, to bring a pen and paper, okay? Those things are, like, essential in prayer. It's like a lot of times, like, God can speak to you and, like, bring up a, a Bible verse, right? Bring up a word. We want to write that down. Like, God's going to speak to me. I want to be able to write that down. What if it's for someone else? I don't want to forget. If it's something for me, man, I want to, like, uh, meditate on it and mull it over in my life, right? Um, we've got to eliminate distractions as we begin in prayer. And, like, don't babble, okay? So, like, some people, like, talk a lot. And, like, that's going to be the same usually with their prayers, okay? So that doesn't mean, like, not to, like, to, like, 
talk. But it means that like, like back in the day, you would see this in Jesus' time, that people would try to like make God do stuff by just like, you know, saying things over and over again and like trying to like pull him, you know, like, come on, God, do this, do this, do this, right? We don't have to babble. That's not like the father that we serve. But we can like just talk to God like a friend and God will hear us. God does hear us. So, so this week we're going to start, so Lent starts this week, right? And we're going to start like our kind of Lent initiative where we're going to like do some Bible reading, reading uh, Pursuit of God, and where we're going to be doing some prayer, some extra like prayer and worship times. So this week we're going to start with our part twos, right? Of some more prayer and worship. And we're going to have some times where you can just like sit and listen to God and try to hear God's voice. And maybe share, like, hey, like, I feel like God is saying this to me or this to you or this to us as a group, right? And, like, we begin to cultivate that as we, like, set aside time to do this. So, um, here are some, like, good prayer models. Like I said at the beginning that, like, prayer is not a life hack. But prayer is. There's no life hack to prayer. Prayer is the life hack, right? Yeah. So here's some like helpful ways of how we can pray. Okay. The first is the Acts prayer model. Um, I love this prayer model. This one has really helped me in my life. So it's prayer model. This this Acts prayer model is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So adoration, we praise Jesus, we love him, we worship and exalt him for who he is and who the Bible says he is. This is a time that's like great to have your Bible out to like to read some of the Psalms, read places in the Bible, and like we can worship God that way. I just used this the other day in my prayer time, right? So adoration, uh, praising Jesus and God for who He is, and then confession, declaring Jesus as Lord of your lives and asking for forgiveness of sins, known and unknown, right? And I'll just spend time like, okay, God, like, what is in me? He like revealed to me what is in me that like I need to like ask for forgiveness of, right? Thanksgiving, we praise God for what he has done for his creation, friends, family, favor, health, blessings for what he has done for your salvation, and anything else that comes to mind, right? Like, we can thank God. We have this saying, we have an attitude of gratitude, right? And this is like, like we're like, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for all these things, okay? And then supplication. This is usually what I skip to in my prayers, and just pray for my needs and others' needs, okay? I used this once, one time in my life to like to help me grow in prayer. I actually would take this prayer, these four things, and I would like time myself in them. And uh, so I would like, okay, I'm gonna do like three minutes, two minutes of each, right? And I would just like time myself, two minutes, three minutes, whatever it was. And then I went to five minutes, I went to 10 minutes, and I actually went to 15 minutes, right? And it's really hard. It's really hard to try to like pray and to hear God's voice in all this, right? It's like, how do I adore God and thank him for like a half hour? How do I like hear God's voice and like, okay, like God, what is I need to confess in me? And then of course I get the supplication. That was the easiest thing. But like, I really like learned to like, to like press in in prayer until like breakthrough came. Like, so we gotta like press into prayer until we see breakthrough so another cool prayer model I just heard a couple years ago from um, some pastors was the pray prayer model and the first step is to pause and praise right 
Like so much in my, my days, like I forget to pause to take a break. Like even in prayer, I'll just start babbling, right? I'll just start talking. But I have to remember to like pause to take a moment to hear from God and to praise him. Then ours repent. Ask God to show you things in your life that are not of him, okay? So that confession part. And then ask. Ask for your needs and the needs of others. And then lastly, why is yield? Yield to God's will in your life and the things he has spoken to you in your prayer time. And that's like the uh, hard part in prayer, right? So, um, so last, this is called the YWAM prayer model. And I use this a lot to try to like hear God's voice, to like hear God speak. So I'm like, I got a question or something. I'm like I'm, I use this model a lot to like try to hear from him, okay? So uh, there's this book called, ah, um, oh shoot, I can't remember. But the, the guy that like started YWAM like has this book out and I read it. And it's like, it like outlines this and he like grows in this eventually, right? So uh, the YWAM prayer model is praise God for who he is. Make sure your heart is clean. Three, acknowledge that you can't really pray effectively without the Holy Spirit. Four, deal aggressively with the enemy. Silence the enemy in Jesus' name and silence distractions. Fifth, die to your own imaginations, desires, and burdens. And six, praise God uh, in faith for the remarkable prayer time you're going to have. Right, And then we just wait on God to hear his voice, okay? And then, like, I'll do that for, like, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour to, like, try to hear, uh, to hear God's voice. And then, uh, in obedience and faith, take action what God brings to your mind, right? And we talked about, like, like how, like, God speaks to you, like, is different to everyone, okay? So, uh, some other, like, helpful things in here. If possible, have your Bible with you, pen and paper, that we can, like, get into the Bible, that we can, like, write some things down, okay? And then lastly, when God ceases to bring things to your mind for you, which is to pray, finish by thanking him for what he has done. Boom. A lot of steps. A lot of steps, right? A lot of things. But, like, like this, I, I love this prayer model because it really helps me to, to drop all my distractions and, like, to, like, focus my heart and my mind on God, okay? So... So I'm going to pray this prayer model. Does that sound good? Yeah. I think this prayer model is like really like kind of intricate, but it's like really simple. So I'm going to pray this out. And I just want us to spend time like trying to listen to God's voice, okay? So let me, I'm going to pray this out. And like, if you guys just want to engage in it with me, and then like we should spend some time, a couple minutes, trying to hear God's voice. And here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you, as we pray, we're all in a circle, right? Ask God for a word for the person to the left of you, okay? Let's see here, right? And, and like, a lot of times, like, God's going to give us, like, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, okay? Like, that's, like, what First Corinthians is talking about, like, these are spiritual gifts that, like, the Holy Spirit inside of us wants to, like, give to encourage and build up one another, Okay? So I'm going to pray this out. I'm like, I just want you to like, okay, like God, 
What do you got for the person on the left of me? If you got like a notebook, maybe you want to write it down. Maybe you got your Bibles out. So like if you, there's like a verse and then we're just going to take a couple minutes after that to share with one another. Okay. What were the words God spoke to you? Okay. I'm going to pray. Hey, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are a good father, Jesus. That you have never left us nor forsaken us, God. That you dwell in this place and that you live in our hearts, Jesus. I just confess, Jesus, that today wasn't my best day. Jesus, I pray that you would show us, God, ways that, man, in our day that we did not act, that we did not think on you, God. That our thoughts and our ways were not your ways, Jesus. Can we just take time to confess that, those things before you as you reveal those things to us, Jesus. Jesus, we can't pray effectively without you, your Holy Spirit living inside of us. So we invite you to dwell in us mightily, Jesus. God, and we silence the enemy that he wouldn't have no influence, that he had no foothold in this place, in our minds, in our hearts, Jesus. God, that it would be you and you alone that speak. God, so we die to our imaginations, our desires, and our burdens, God, but we ask that you would use our imaginations to speak in and through us, God. God, we thank you that you do speak. God, that you continue to speak. God, and we open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. Someone feel like like they haven't heard from God yet? Someone like, man, I need a couple more minutes. Does everyone like feel like they like got a little something?
thoughts how you think, like how your imaginations work. So a lot of times it's just something simple that comes in, a picture, a thought, like an emotion. A lot of times it'll come in, something like that will come into my mind. I'll be like, okay, God, so what does this mean for this person? I begin to try to like decipher that. I'd be like, this person's cool. Okay, God, that person's cool, so what does that mean, right? Is this me or is this you? Just begin to just, like, process that with God, you know? That picture, that thought, that, that word, that Bible verse. Maybe, like, a phrase popped in your mind. You're like, I think that's from the Bible. I encourage you. Don't get distracted by your phone, but maybe you look it up on Google. Like, okay, God, it's a, you, something like this. And maybe you can find it really quick. All right. So kind of finish up your thoughts. So what's so cool is like we can tap into the Holy Spirit daily like this. Like it doesn't matter if it's someone that you know. Like we've, we've been sitting around, each, we've been around each other long enough that we kind of know people and like what they're going through or what's in their life, right? But we can do this with like people in the line for coffee, right? We can like begin to like try to listen to the Holy Spirit and like... I asked the Holy Spirit, like, hey, what would you have me do in this moment?